Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Gun Show, an MTD CNC Global production. Today, we are with my good friend, Rob Karen, president at Karen Engineering. Uh, I've known Rob for quite a few years now. Uh, really a great mind. I'm excited to, to host this podcast and talk a bit more with Rob. And for those of you who don't know him, get to know him a little bit more. And those of you who do know him, well, you're welcome. You get to listen to him talk a little bit more. This is the gun show. So, Rob, thank you so much. That's, how do they how do they do the wrestling? Let's get ready to podcast. <laughs> thank you for being with us, Rob. It's really good to see you, my friend. Well, thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, chat with you for a while. Absolutely. Well, we typically start this whole thing out with wanting to get to know you a, a bit better. Well, we sometimes get technical and we sometimes just get silly and fun. But uh, for the most part, we we really want to connect with our audience in an authentic and beautiful way to allow them to get to know us better. And you've reached out to me, you know, in the past several times and got we've got to know each other. So um, I'm excited to hear you share your story with others. And uh, and and so to get started, how did you get into this industry? Because if I'm not mistaken, we're talking about 34 years Karen Engineering has been in business. And you look like you're about 35, 36 years old, but <laughs> apparently that can't be true. So tell me a little bit about your childhood and how you got into this. Well, uh, my dad was an electrical uh, contractor when I was a child, and I have just been in interested in electrical my entire life. Uh, when I was in grade school, I was building electric motors uh, out of tin cans and wire. So um, it's just been my passion for my whole life. Eventually went to a technical high school for electrical and college for electrical engineering. And it's just been a huge interest uh, of mine. And it's, it's my love. It's been my passion my whole life. Uh, eventually learned software as well as a young person and uh, started building computers uh, back in the early 80s when uh, they first started coming on the market. So then, you know, created a great interest in just computers and technology. And then I got an introduction into the computer control machine industry uh, and actually got a job there. So as I thought, I said, there's just so many things that this industry needs. And as, as a really young guy in my early 20s, I started seeing opportunities and, and started to, uh, to kind of look in, into what, what were the problems and start developing technology for it. Well, without giving away your age, um, how old were you when you launched Karen Engineering? <clears throat> I was 27 years old. So I think the math kind of adds up after that. You figure it out. Yeah, we accidentally <laughs> did that, especially when we know engineers are listening to the show. They did the math right away. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But that's a, that's a pretty brave concept. How, what was it like in the beginning? Uh, it was, <laughs> excuse me, it was challenging, uh, but it was fun. You know, I was... Uh, creating things. I actually started uh, writing touch probe software in the early 80s um, uh, before my own business. And Valonite uh, started coming out with a probe. And one of their Valonite sales guys brought it to me one day and said, I have no idea. We're selling this thing now. I don't know what it does. But I figured if I leave it on your desk, you'd figure something out. So I started working kind of like nights and weekends and uh, working on probing and developing software. And I was just having so much fun. I said, this is this fantastic stuff. I really enjoyed it. So um, that was kind of the starting point of you know, really kicked me off and got my interest in developing these new things and new technologies. 
Would you say that overall, uh, and it's kind of what I'm hearing, but I, I guess I want to hear you say it as well. Would you say that you followed your passion and your dreams in, in what you've done? Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. My dream has always been to create just really cool and unique things. And, and then, but more, more than just create it, just then go see it work out in industry. And, you know, over the last 34 years, I have definitely seen that things that uh, some of the technology and software that I created 34 years ago is is now just coming to light in the industry. Um, unfortunately, it took a while for industry to catch up with some of it, but uh, I'm definitely seeing it happen. So it's definitely a dream come true. Well, better late than never, they say, right? Yeah, if we're exactly. catching up, it's it's a start. If we're getting there. We're moving quicker. Um, yeah. Can you, would you mind sharing with me? Maybe I, I always like to hear extremes. And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe one of the more difficult trials you had while launching your own business and getting started. And then one of the greatest successes. So the, the opposite spectrum of either one, because it seems like those are the stories that stick with us, right? They either um, sometimes motivate us to do more and sometimes, you know, suffocate us into to giving up. But if we're strong and brave and we leave that comfort zone and continue to grow, it really, those extremes create a better version of ourselves that allow us to do more in life. So if you have those types of stories, I would love to hear both opposite sides of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a little bit of thought. But well, one of the, when we first when I first started the uh, company, uh, one of the things we did was CNC control retrofitting. And, uh, you know, I was more than capable of doing it. We did a lot of retrofits, but um, it was pretty obvious that that was not a really good business because uh, we were taking old. Uh, really broken down CNC machines and putting modern controls on them, which the control isn't the problem. The problem is that the mechanics don't work after. Yeah, so you just put a brand new CNC control on an old machine that has bad ball screws, bearings, and all the other things. So we were just, I was an electrical engineer. So my, my background was electrical. I didn't have a mechanical background. And uh, so all of them, the problems that came on the machine after the fact were just uh, amplified by the fact that now I had a new CNC control. So that was a business that, you know, we did for a few years and definitely was something that, uh, you know, was a financial impact on the company, never really did well with it and uh, wish, wish I hadn't done it. <laughs> I can see um, it. I, you know, right now in my head, I'm envisioning uh, this fantastic upgraded software and this machine whipping around just spitting out ball screws and like <laughs> yeah. you know like a cartoon exactly. where it's just like bouncing around going okay exactly yeah well we can now program really mm -hmm. well and it's telling us to go this fast but my old bones can't handle it that's right yeah and the tables would just shake because the brand new motors could go three times faster than the old motors and just uh it was just a tough business uh it's for it's a business that there's only i think a few companies still doing it but um, you need a full staff of complete mechanical rebuilding. And we were going in with customers just said, no, I just want to replace the control. Well, that's not really the answer, on, especially on larger machines. So anyway, that was that was kind of a early on in the business, a bad piece that uh, uh, while well, we, we had success and certainly learned a lot, but it certainly wasn't a financial uh, benefit to the company. Um, so, but so, so, so let's move into something that is you know, amazing. Let's move into one of your, one of your great successes. I'd love to hear yeah. about that as well. Yeah. Well, we have, I think several, um, one of the maybe more interesting stories is, uh, in 1984, I was working for a machine tool, uh, builder or dealer actually. And I 
put on a demonstration for an open house for them where we took some electronic column gauges measuring bores of parts coming off the machine and I designed uh, some circuit boards and some software to feed back the data from the bore gauge and automatically adjust tool offsets. And we were making a part that fit another part that held a really tight tolerance by doing automatic gauge feedback and adjusting tool offsets where no operator or person was involved at all. Well, today we still have a product called AutoComp um, that's now, interestingly, I go to some trade shows, even in the last year or two, people said, I've never seen a product like this before. And it just always amazes me as a very successful product, it's grown exponentially and we sell a lot still every day. Um, but the fact that I created the first one in 1984 and there's still people today in 2020, 2021 that don't even realize that the software exists. So it's a huge success story, but also a surprise in some ways that it's not known that that, that technology is available. You know, I can empathize with you there. Um, and, you know, I'll make a post on LinkedIn or something like that somewhat regularly. You probably see them from time to time. Sure. Um, and and I'll have either something that I think is exceptional. And there's always that one person that goes, this was made 20 years ago. I'm not impressed at all. And you have like, <laughs> you know, 100 comments of like, wow, this is yeah, amazing. Wow, that's, yes, yes. And then you I, have the, I, the ones that are like, I didn't know this existed. And you go, well it's been around for a long you know so we have these these ideas of maybe a, a certain sector of what we know really well but if you're not in that sector then maybe the knowledge isn't as broad as we'd like it to be right because sure, sure. You, you know i've played you and you have as well so um i know you can you can you know talk with me about what we're about to to discuss but i've played with end mills i've played with work holding i've you know, dove into the coolant world, the machine world. But before getting into any of them individually, I didn't really know about the other. And I didn't know about the other's competition. And I didn't know about their strengths and weaknesses. And I know that that's probably very familiar territory for you as well, doing this since, you know, 34 years now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I'm always interested. Uh, you know, we do a lot of open houses at machine tool dealers where we're with, you know, we're a vendor typically. So we're with the tooling guy, the coolant guy, the bar feed guy. And, uh, you know, th those are some of my best conversations. You're, you're standing around waiting for the next customers to come and to be able to talk to people from, you know, like type industries that you can, you know, I mean, how much uh, information do I know about coolant? Well, actually, I've learned a lot because I spent a lot of time asking questions about coolant for, with people because we're constantly looking for what else can we monitor? What else can we tie in data together with our tool monitoring system. So I'm always very interested in it, but uh, there is so much like I could talk to a cooling guy every week probably and still learn plenty of new things. So yeah, I agree 100% that uh, there's so much out there. And you know, as a small company, we've, I would say our, we're doing much better at marketing, but we've never been fantastic at it. So um, I was actually at a plant last week, an automotive plant, showing them our detected uh, vibration monitoring technology that's been out for seven or eight years, and they had no idea it existed. And it was the solution for a particular problem they're having. And I said, wow, I, we're just not getting the word out somehow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's really interesting. 
Well, you know, I'm always here to help you with any kind of marketing. Um, I, I consider <laughs> yeah. you a friend at this point, so I'm happy to help. But you guys do do a good job already. Um, and, and now that I have you on the horn here, let's take a few moments because I know there's some people out there that go, well, what what does he do? What are some of these cool things he's talking about? So I don't want to interrupt you, um, but, you know, go over so two, three, four of, of your favorite products that you'd like to share to a global okay. audience um, that that's listening. And, uh, you know, if I have any questions, once you run through them and just kind of give the best parts of it and uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, what we can sort out mm-hmm. and what the, if we can, you know, transcend some of this information globally. Sure. Yeah. Um, so basically the product that's been around the longest is called TMAC, which stands for Tool Monitoring Adaptive Control. We, we can kind of call it our flagship product, but in, in reality, our others are growing so fast. Uh, they're, it's, it's not necessarily the standout as that it always was, but anyway, it's it's a uh, really solid product. It it does both tool monitoring, um, basically tell you whether tools are worn or broken, as well as adaptive control, where we actually in real time speed up and slow down the feed rate to maintain constant power cutting. So we can reduce cycle times uh, incredibly on especially difficult materials like titanium and inconel, cast iron forgings. Um, we're seeing you know, 50, 60% cycle time reduction. So the, the ROI on it is, is enormous. Um, it also is now capable of monitoring vibration, strain, coolant flow, coolant pressure, and many other factors, collecting all that data and giving people, you know, their real-time data, as well as reporting to a cloud-based system for Industry 4.0. So it's very, very sophisticated, but... Uh, you know, straightforward to use. It's got a web-based interface. So a very cool product. And it's uh, it's been growing for years and years. And, and we have thousands of systems out in the industry. Um, the AutoComp, <coughs> excuse me, software that I spoke of earlier, uh, is basically, it, it's a piece of software that looks at measured data from any device that's electronic and automatically adjusts tool offset. So, you know, today in manufacturing, people are still, they still have operators, you know, measuring with hand tools or whatever it is, a micrometer or CMM, doesn't matter. But then they walk over and they type the adjustment into the CNC control. And it just doesn't make sense, you know. Uh, it should be automated. Um, it should be documented so that when there is an issue, you know what adjustments were made. And so this software does that automatically. So, again, the concept came from 1984 and yet it's still a very prevalent technology and growing fast today. Um, I think the, the workforce, uh, all of our products, um, the, the problems with the workforce and manufacturing is, is really what's driving an even bigger need for our products because every one of them takes out the manpower and, and the thought process you know, to, tr- to try to have people try to make all these decisions. Um, the other big product we have is the uh, RFID technology where the uh, you know, tools are preset, the data is written into an RFID tag, and then at the machine side, we take over from there, automating the process of getting tools in the machines. So the operator, again, the operator doesn't have to type anything, verifies the tool belongs in the machine and it's going to the right place. So that's a huge error-proofing tool and is it's just growing, again, exponentially in the industry. Everybody wants this technology now and needs it to keep the manufacturing going uh, with the dwindling uh, manufacturing force that's out there. 
Well, those are great technologies, and I've learned about a few of those and tried to partner with you on some testing uh, with some of yeah. those before as well. So I am always excited to, to learn about those. Let's kind of go back through the well. First question I have is, do you have customers that kind of invest in all three of those just to, yes. to, to amplify what they're doing? So you can yes. incorporate all these things together. It's not, okay, I can choose one or the other or the other. You can really combine everything together. No, it's absolutely. They're all complementary technologies. Uh, Basically, the three products I mentioned, the uh, Tool Connect product, which is the RFID, is before the tools go in the machine. TMAC is basically as the tools are in the machine and cutting, and AutoComp is the part, the machine has cut the part. Now we're looking at the data after the part has been cut and feeding back. So they're actually in all three stages of the manufacturing process. Well, that's fantastic. And then obviously, because you're much wiser man than I am. That was probably on purpose to be able to work together with each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it did have some, uh, yeah, some thought process into it. I'm sure. I'm sure. So um, they, we always have people who are just getting involved. They're curious about engineering, um, but they don't, don't know a ton about manufacturing. And then we have some real experts that listen as well. So I'd like to break down how exactly does toolware detection in real time work? How can I be cutting? How can I, you know, switch tools and the machine goes, wait a second, you need to switch that out or your part's going to be wrong. How does, how does your software help us understand that? Well, there's a couple of methods. Uh, the, the, probably the more prevalent one for toolware is um, as a tool cuts, um, let's take a machining center as an example, we're looking at the power of the, of the spindle motor that's driving the tool. And we're looking at that power over time. So, Every time a tool cuts, it draws a certain amount of power over a period of time. And we call that a uh, work or area end of the curve. So what happens is as the tool gets dull, that area grows and we put a limit in there of a percentage. So when the, as the tool gets dull, that percentage is gonna grow and it's automatically gonna tell the machine that the tool is worn. Now, if they have redundant tools in the machine, really nothing has to happen from a user standpoint. It'll trigger automatically the backup tool to take take over the next time the tool cuts. Um, but it also does protection. So if all of a sudden that tool draws an exceptional amount of power, the system will trigger an extreme alarm or limit and retract the tool out of the material because now it could be that the tool is broken and we don't want the next tool to come in and cut if there's a piece of the carbide end mill still in the part. Very clever, very clever, yeah. Um, <clears throat> We, you and I, we wanted to test some some vibration analysis in a in an <laughs> unusual way, but uh, because of your clever mind, um, I'm always hopeful that same like you said, the full full circle back to what you were saying at the beginning of this conversation. Some guy laid something on your desk and you started tinkering with it, right? You right, you exactly. you are that guy that'll be like, <laughs> well, we don't have a solution yet, but if you leave it on my desk, we'll probably figure it out. Yes. Yeah, and. Uh... We're doing a lot actually in the world of vibration and um, doing more types of filtering and analysis software um, to try to determine kind of weird things. That, but we, we always know with anything we do, we've got to figure it out automatically. Like we can't require a lot of user input because that's the skill that's going away. So um, that's why some of the things like uh, vibration analysis for a high speed air tool, you know, we need to get it down to the point of um, we don't want a user to have to do anything. We just need to figure it out and have the software determined automatically using things like machine learning and AI to uh, automate that process. 
Again, clever guy. You are clever. I look forward to what you create over the next you know, few years. And you have a pretty solid team. And you mentioned uh, you do open houses with a lot of your partners out there. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think you and I met the first time. And if it wasn't the first time you and I met, I've definitely met a lot of your colleagues there at the uh, Metal Storm event in yes, Sudbury, Massachusetts with the Methods guys. Yes, that was the first time you and I met. Actually, we had a booth right next to each other and we did a lot of talking there. So absolutely. Yeah, well, that's that's a really awesome event. I love attending that one. I hope we can get back to that uh, at some point and maybe some trade shows. And again, to, to try and go full circle, um, you mentioned, you know, my technology has been around for 20 years. I'm a little bit shocked that you didn't realize that this was out here. Well, that's kind of what trade shows are for, too. Right. So we can yes, wander absolutely. around and stumble upon things that other people are experts in for decades, but we know nothing about. And we go, maybe we can apply this to our lives. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I agree 100%. It's, uh, and there's so much, you know, if you look at just industry in general and, and the, not just the manufacturing industry, but the world, technology is growing so fast that, you know, just I know we, we sit at, at some of these open houses and someone says, hey, have you seen this app? You know, and uh, like, yeah, no, what's that app do? And it's, you know, no relevance to our business necessarily, but it's an app that helps you something, do something. And uh, it's it's the the communications between, you know, this vendor, that vendor, this, that's where you learn about some app that, you know, maybe helps in your travel or, or something in the boating world or something else, you know? So it's, it's amazing that the technology is growing so fast in every single industry. Nobody, nobody's capable of keeping up with it and, and what's out there, what's available. Oh, Rob, you're so right. <laughs> um, these days with all these apps out there, what I do is I think of something that I need in my life. And then I just Google, is there an app for it? And almost every yeah. single time there is. And, there's, and more, right. there's many of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you pick the one that has the best rating or the most downloads or the most reviews sure. and that kind of thing. But you're so right. There's always something new coming out that can, you know, either make us lazier or be more advanced, but for whatever reason, it's, it's kind sure. of fun to, to, you know, jump into. Um, before recording today, uh, we had a little bit of time to talk and, uh, and you shared some, some wisdom with me. Um, and I mentioned that we're going to try and, you know, host a few podcasts of these mothers from manufacturing thing. Um, and I like to, toward the end of this show, toward the end of my show, I like to, you know, I really value people like yourself and the people who join me on this show. And I value where you come from and your authenticity um, and your wisdom. So I like to start closing out the show with advice that you have for either curious people or, um, you know, you, I think you might want to talk to some of the parents out there, whether it be mothers or fathers and, you know, having them get involved for their children, because that's kind of where it starts. Right. So, um, I'd love to hear you express your wisdom on on that level uh, to our audience as well, because I think that's important. Yeah, so this industry uh, is just it's growing in, in amazing ways. Um, you know, manufacturing, as everybody knows, was always thought of this dirty, grungy environment that no one really wanted to be in. But uh, anybody that walked through would take a walk through some of the manufacturing plants that we get to walk through now uh, would be absolutely amazed. There's many that you can eat off the floor in the place. They're so clean. Um, the technology, the robotics, everything that's happening is just growing so fast. So the need is really for technically capable people, um, people with the intellectual level of, 
a doctor that you go in his office. I mean, it's the same technology, you know, it's just relating to manufacturing instead. But they need highly technical people. They're good paying jobs in really, you know, progressive manufacturing facilities. Um, it's, it's just a great environment. And, and I would absolutely, uh, you know, my children are grown, but, and, and some are actually in software manufacturing, but um, I would definitely continue to push um, young people into this environment. Uh, I'm on the board of uh, the American Precision Machine in Vermont, and that's one of their focuses is, is, to, is to really expose people, you know, young people to manufacturing and not just, okay, here's an end mill and here's what it does, but here's all the technology behind it. We need people to program robots. We need people to program complex CNC machines. Uh, we need people to understand the data that's coming out of this, you know, the data that comes out of our systems, uh, data scientists, machine learning people. That's what's being employed in manufacturing today. It's not, you know, fill the oil tank and uh, lube up some tools. Uh, this manufacturing world has just grown so big and so fast, and it's, it's a great world to be in. And I, I would implore parents to really give serious consideration uh, to getting their children into this environment. That's uh, awesome. Uh, and as a uh, courageous entrepreneur at the age of 27 and a business owner for over 34 years now, what advice would you offer the kid who's curious about the industry that's maybe looking at uh, putting their big toe into the, the shallow end of the pool at the moment, but, but is really curious to, to maybe dive into the industry like we are? I would say find a place and take a risk and go and at least, you know, do an internship. Go see what it's about. Um, there's plenty of opportunity out there. And, you know, th there's plenty of people. I know companies like us will let anybody come in anytime and say, come and see what we do. Um, look up your local company, you know, find somebody in your area, uh, find any kind of a mentor, but, but take a risk and go see what it's about. Because I think you, anybody would be amazed at, at how different it is probably from what their perception is. So, um, if anyone's around our area, I can tell you we'd let you in anytime and, and come and see some of the cool things that we do. Wholeheartedly agree with you, Rob. And great way to end that statement because the last thing I want to ask you before uh, before I get you off of here and back to your regularly scheduled program is <laughs> where can we find you? What website, mm -hmm. uh, social mm -hmm. sites, where are you based in the country? How can someone find you if they're looking for you? Well, Care Engineering is located in Wells, Maine, um, just about a half an hour over the uh, New Hampshire border. Uh, we're actually, the town of Wells is right on the ocean. So people come to visit us, they get to see ocean, they get to eat lobster. So it's not a bad place to come visit. Um, our website is KarenENG.com, C-A-R-O-N-E-N-G.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, um, very easy just by searching Karen Engineering. There's not a lot of Karen Engineering's around, so we're pretty easy to find. <clears throat> um, so yeah, anyone's welcome anytime. Uh, we do all the local regional trade shows, IMTS, East Tech, West Tech, South Tech, Hughes Tech. Uh, if you're ever in the area, come by and see our booth. Uh, we do a lot of regional open houses with machine tool dealers. Uh, our guys are all over the place. We have people all over the, the country. And Karen Engineering is also a worldwide company. We're represented outside the United States, <coughs> excuse me, out of the United States by Bloom. Bloom is the laser probe company. So they have subsidiary offices around the world and they sell service and saw 
our products outside the United States. So no matter which part of the world you're in, we have representation. Well, well done. And yeah, Bloom is a great company. It's good that you're partnered with those guys outside. Um, so yes, we have a great global audience. I absolutely expect that some additional folks are going to want to know more and uh, I hope they get in touch with you. Rob, thank you so much for your wisdom, your kindness, uh, what you give to the industry, the technology you bring to the industry, and for sharing that all with us here on The Gun Show. Really do appreciate you. Thank you, Tony. My pleasure. And thank you for taking the time and, and having me on your show. This has been fantastic. I love it. Awesome. Well, guys, this is Rob Karen, president of Karen Engineering. If you want to know more, you can reach out at any time. We will be happy to talk with you.